Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Last year in Kansas City, we had 150 homicides. About 40% of those cases in Kansas City remain unsolved. Many of them are considered cold. I think about him always. Each victim has a unique story in life and death with friends, family, detectives, and prosecutors all fighting for justice. If you know something, please come forward and say something. We are joining the case to get answers. This is Fox 4 Problem Solvers Crime Files, the podcast. I'm Kara Small. He answered a phone call from a friend asking for a favor, but his family believes that call was the last one of C.J. Longdon's life. His mom turned into an amateur sleuth to find her missing son, but nearly four years later, C.J.'s family is still waiting for answers and justice. Made me as a dad proud. You know, he's, he's a good kid, good son, as our only son. That's how CJ's dad, Chad, chooses to remember his 20-year-old son, a jokester who liked to kid around but also loved his family, including his two younger sisters. CJ was the firstborn, and that meant a lot to his incredibly close family. Here's CJ's mom, Angie. He was our first, so all the first he did, we experienced. You know, he's your, the first baby, the first one to walk. He was the first grandson, the first nephew. All those first, he, it was all of us as a family. As the first, CJ held a special place in the hearts of his extended family, too, according to his Aunt Sophia. I think all of us held a special bond towards him, and I can remember the first time Chad and Angie went out and left him with us to babysit, and we actually had to lock the front door because she kept coming, trying to come back home and check on him, and we're like, he's fine, get away. And and Cynthia says the entire family faced a learning curve when newborn CJ came home. I remember when they brought him home. <laughs> and I never forget, because my sister came and stayed at my mom's. And he woke up in the middle of the night crying. And she was changing his diaper and trying to feed him. And he was still crying and crying. And I wanted to lay with them. So I laid in the living room with them. And we turned on the light. And my sister was trying to get him to calm down, and I just lay, sat there and talked to him. He just stared at me. He finally stopped. Being the oldest child also came with a lot of responsibility. CJ's mom and dad say it's something he grew to understand as he got older, especially when it came to one of his younger sisters. Kyle was our oldest. We had Alicia. She's uh, autistic. And Cheyenne was our baby. And them two kind of, Cheyenne and Kyle just that was their bond, taking care of Alicia. And he, she did Special Olympics, so he volunteered help with the kids. 
Like it was normal to us, you know, helping. And when he seen somebody struggle, he didn't hesitate to jump in there and help them. He didn't judge nobody. He just, like his, I don't know, he had like this big old heart. And I always said it was because of Alicia. You know, she, she made us all better. She made us look at the world different. We had so many other, you know, parents and family, you know, say that he had such a big heart, you know. He, I mean, he would work and take off work just to go to the Special Olympics in Wichita, just to be with, you know, we called our Special Olympics team our family, in which they are. And uh, he jumped right in there. And his parents say that's just what CJ did. He jumped in to help whenever it was necessary. They say he helped his family and he helped his friends. His mom says that's exactly what he was doing that November night in 2014. That was the night that CJ died. That night, Angie picked him up from work at the Amazon warehouse and took him to grab some food. Then she dropped him off at home at an apartment in Kansas City, Kansas that he shared with his uncle. And that's the last time she saw her son alive. He always told me, call me when you get home, so I know you made it. And it was me and his sister. I remember giving him a hug and telling me he loves me. I gave him a kiss on his cheek. And I said, I'll see you tomorrow. He said, okay, I'm on. And he looks back at his sister because we had stopped at Wendy's. He wanted something to eat. And he tells her, hey, help me get this stuff inside. He got out and I remember my last remembrance of him was getting out of the car and I could see a shadow in the window. Angie drove home and went to bed. The next day, CJ's aunt was supposed to pick him up at the apartment and take him to work. Instead, Angie's phone rang. She called and said, he's not answering I said, well, he's there, so I dropped him off. So I said, well, let me call him, because he always answered me, no matter what. He always, always answered me. And I kept calling and calling. We had a spare key. My sister went in, and she's like, he's not here. He hasn't even been in. I don't think he's even been here. So we called my brother, because him and my brother were roommates. And my brother talked to my sister. And I think I just knew. I just felt something wasn't right. So we start calling the hospital, start calling the jail. And I just felt sick. And I called him at work and I said, I can't find him. And he's not answering his phone. And my brother called and he's like, he's, he's okay. You know, and I'm sure he's just don't want to answer. And I was like, no, he knows even if I'm going to yell at him, answer me. They just kept calling people but couldn't find anyone with answers. And that's when Angie decided to take a different approach. She pinged CJ's cell phone because she knew that he'd have it near him. By that time, Chad, CJ's father, was home from work to help with the search. He knew that where it was, the location. He said, that's the impound lot or somewhere over in there in Missouri. And all I seen when I looked at the map was woods. All my thought was, God, don't let him be laying in, in the woods somewhere when he's waiting for us. So we get in the car and we're trying to hurry to get over there. And I tell my daughters, we'll be right back. And then she calls when we're halfway and she's like, you need to come back. And I was like, why, what's wrong? She said, there's two detectives here. You need to come back to the house. So we hurry up and get there. And I remember just praying, 
Then get the cop, please. Just let him be in jail. I, I can deal with that. Let him, just let him be there. I don't want him hurt or anything. And I remember walking in and my husband asking where he is. Like, we just want to know, where is he at? And I can remember him saying, your son is shot and he's gone. I just looked at my girls and I just remember falling and that was it. I don't think after that, I don't remember anything else. When they took it, they took all of us that day. They didn't just, they don't understand. You don't just take that person. You take the whole family. Later, the Longdons learned that one of CJ's friends called him after his mom dropped him off from work the night before. They think the friend wanted to go to Missouri to buy some marijuana. He's not going to let his friend go by himself. So he left that night with him, and him and his friend had went to this place, the apartments, I guess is what they are, and um, the guy had got in the back seat um, and had pointed the gun at his friend's head, and Kyle, trying to help his friend, reached for it and pulled it and was struggling with his, him and was shot in the process. CJ was shot in the stomach. His friend was also injured, shot in the leg. But he was able to drive his car and CJ to the hospital. CJ died from his injuries. His death is something that his parents still have trouble explaining to his younger sisters. Now that he's gone, it's hard to, I like, we don't understand it, so we have a hard time trying to help her understand. And Cheyenne, she feels like, buddy's gone you know her helper that was their goal was to grow up have their kids and help raise their sister those dreams of the future are now gone for cj they've changed dramatically for the rest of his family too his father says there's just a cloud that now hangs over the entire family we was a close family and this is just tore our hearts out we haven't had a christmas tree since it's happened we always would go to as a family every year and they'd pick out the tree. And I asked our, old, our other daughter, you know, our daughters if, if they wanted to and they, no, dad. And I was like, cause you know, it's not, you know, I wanna, if they want one, we'll go get it. And they said, no, uh, birthdays, just, just hard. Father's day, mother's day. It's just, it's not, not fun. Going and seeing other people at birthday parties and celebrating their son or their daughters, just hard for us to sit there and see that and our son's not there with us, you know. So it's it's been hard. Don't go out and do much, just kind of, we kind of set at our house now. We don't, you know, get out a whole lot. Part of the reason they stay at home is because they are heartbroken over the loss of their son. But the other part is because, nearly four years later, they still don't know who is responsible. We're not the same. We don't celebrate something the same. We wake up when we know he's not there. He's the first thing that I think of when I wake up. And the last thing I think of before I close my eyes. See different 
things or different people have been arrested or they'll say, you know, this person is known for doing something that then you wonder, is, is that the one? Is he the one who did it? You know, is he the one who looked at my son and took his life? You know, are you the one? You wonder all the time. You pass people in the street because you don't know. So your mind takes you to all these different places. There is one thing that's returned to normal, or the new normal, at least for CJ's dad. He used to spend hours fishing with his son. For years, Chad says he was too devastated to return to the hobby until earlier this year. This year, I really went back and I sat there and talked to him out there in the lake and say, come on, son, let's catch some fish. So I really went back and started doing that quite a bit this year. But it, it was real hard for me to at first because he wasn't, he was always there with me fishing. So it's, it's a little bit, but I mean, it's, I mean, it's my comfort out there, just sitting there, and it's peaceful. And... CJ's Aunt Sophia also says she's able to smile when she tells stories about her oldest nephew. I used to shave my eyebrows. I don't know why, and draw them on. And one morning I got up, and I, you know, I would walk to my sister's house. And I'll never forget it. He just gave me this, and I had, didn't draw them on. So he just gave me this really weird look, and he looks at me, and he goes, who are you? Are you my Thea Sophie? <laughs> That's one of the memories I'll, every time, like sometimes I'll giggle when I put on makeup or something because. Or that one day where the entire family went to Arrowhead Stadium to cheer on the Kansas City Chiefs. Well, except for Aunt Sophia. I'm a Dallas Cowboy fan and we would go to, the, or we went as a family to the Chiefs home opener and I wanted to wear my Dallas gear, but they told me I couldn't, otherwise I wasn't allowed in the car and I'd be walking home. And so I had to wear the Chiefs gear and I did and we lost. <laughs> and so CJ blamed it on me and said that we lost because I was not a Chiefs fan and I wore their stuff. So I was no longer allowed to wear anything of Chiefs. <laughs> or invited to the parties. <laughs> but just because some of the pain seems to be fading for some of CJ's family, it doesn't mean they're okay without getting answers. There's people out there that know um, for, you know, it'll give us justice if it gets somebody convicted, but it's never gonna bring our son back. I mean, yeah, I'll, I'll be glad it if they do catch somebody, he's off the street so he don't have to hurt another family, you know. If you have any information on CJ's case, even if you think it's something police already know, call the tips hotline at 816-474-TIPS, email your tip to kccrimestoppers.com, or send your tip through the Crime Stoppers app, downloaded at p3tips.com. You can find other episodes of Crime Files on iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher, as well as fox4kc.com. Just search Crime Files. For Fox 4 Crime Files, I'm Kara Small.